0: It's Wednesday night, and we are in a study on why people don't believe in predestination. I better get my Bible. I forgot to bring it over. Why they don't believe in it. This has to do with the inheritance belongs to the firstborn. It has to do with that. Take your Bibles and go over to Romans 9. I'm going to show you some things that people have missed. And uh, I believe most people don't believe in predestination because you can't believe in predestination in a limited way. You have to believe in all of it. You have to believe in the sovereignty of God. Sovereign means over all. That means sovereignty means God rules everything. And that includes good and evil. God said, I make peace and create evil, I the Lord do all things. So he's in charge of all the evil that's going on. Satan is God's i make a capital G is God's servant servant the only evil that Satan can do is what God wants him to do God wants wrath in the world he wants sin in the world, boy that makes people mad when you say that, he wants sin because the reason we know that he wants sin is he created the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was sin. When you look at the word law in the Greek, it's the word Nomos and it means legal food not just legal food but legal prescribed food prescribed food for animals in our case sheep sheep have food they eat goats don't eat sheep food goats eat anything they can get in their mouth they eat cans there have been goats have been cut open. They found cans inside of them, pieces of metal, eat anything. Goats are not like sheep. I had a calendar. I don't know if I've still got it, but it showed that goats will climb anything. They'll climb trees, and I had pictures of goats standing on the top of trees, and they were They'll climb up trees. They could do anything, and a lot of people don't realize that there's a dam over in Europe. And it's and it's slanted about like this about uh, about, 85 slant. You move that podium, Jim. about an eighty five degree slant about an eighty five degree slant, and it's a dam, and they have ibex goats i b e x you can go on the internet, look this up I think that I think it's slanted more than that yeah, it's nearly straight up, about like this, and it's got little just little rocks on there, just little places the goats can step, and it's about two hundred feet tall, as tall as a big skyscraper building, and you'll find goats climbing up and down that, even baby goats, and none of them fall they've got they've got the ibex goat they've got, they've got a, a padding around their foot. It's like a glove. And you can see them climbing all up and down this, this dam. And none of them ever fall. And they're up there licking the salt off of the dam. It's just unbelievable. I saw another picture of goats. And it shows about a 200 foot well it's not that it's not that slanted. It's about like this. And then on this side it's got a another uh, another it's a wall between two between two cliffs. It's just a, like so. And it's got these goats up here, and they'll jump and hit this side, bounce off this side, bounce like that, they'll just poom, poom, poom. They'll bounce till they get down to the bottom, and then they'll walk away. Goats are independent creatures. They don't need a shepherd. Sheep have to have a shepherd. Just go online and look up Ibex goats, and it's astounding. But goats won't eat sheep food. they like any kind of garbage, metal of any kind, and they'll eat it. Had a fellow who used to come here years ago. He said he knew this guy that hauled a goat to the back of a station wagon. And he just didn't realize what he would eat. And when he got to where it was going, he <laughs> said the back of the seat was eaten up and he had swallowed all that straw, that cotton that was in there. And that's what they do. They just don't need the diet that we need. He
1: was so bad to that. Huh? That's
0: funny. Yeah. It would eaten a seed off of it. Now, what I'm talking about is everything that has to do with predestination. Let's read Romans 8 and 29. This has to do with what has been said before it. It actually has to do with chapter 7 where the Bible says, Paul says, there's two men in me the outer man which serves the flesh and the inner man which serves the law of God and we've all been caught up with the outer man and he starts (coughs) in the chapter (coughs) in the chapter 9 talking about the carnal flesh or the carnal man versus the spiritual man which is Christ in us and he goes all through here and it's saying the carnal mind is enmity against God and he'll tell you that the it's it's fleshly enmity against the spiritual man. He says that in uh well, I gotta flip my paper. Says that in verse and well I'm I got my Bible all twisted up. All right, it says that in verse seven, the, car- the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity is the word ech, E-C-H-T-H-R-A. That means hostile. The fleshly mind is hostile to God. It's an enemy of God. When we go after the flesh and after our sin and what we want to do. We are hostile to God and we become his enemy. Then it goes on down here and talks about how we're groaning as we go through all this fire and this trial, and how, in what's happening, is God is weeding out the outer man in our life. Might take him 40 years or 50 years, but he does that. Then he says those words For whom he did foreknow, the one that he foreknew was the inner man Christ in you the hope of glory that's the new birth for whom he foreknow whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate predestination is about what God is doing in our lives he's predestined us to be conformed to the image of Christ to the icon E-I-K-O-N Icon means likeness. That is our word, I-C-O-N. We think of somebody as being an icon of the music of country music or an icon of rock music. That would be Elvis or or one of these big superstars or Chuck Berry. And that would be an icon. An icon of the presidency would be... uh, would be Roosevelt or John Kennedy or any of them really are icons well we've been predestined to conform to Christ's likeness and then it says then it says after that and I've, everybody I've ever read after I believe they've got it wrong because they say for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate He's talking about the homes. He's predestined, horizo, Predetermined for, that's the word predestinate, pro meaning before. Horizo is our word horizon, meaning the boundary of light. And light is truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the light of the world. So, God has predetermined us for Jesus. Well, it, you don't just predetermine somebody for Jesus without obedience to his word. You have to be obeying God. Obey. For whom he did foreknow, we're talking about the whom's, whose. Masculine, gender, singular. We're not talking about the what's. Now whenever I say God knew what, he knew what was gonna happen because he ordained everything that's gonna happen. The good, the evil, everything. He's ordained everything in your life. You got a problem, a health problem, Connie, that was ordained by God. Any of the rest of you? You got a heart problem, Jess? That's ordained by God. I had a I had Heart surgery in 2002, triple bypass, that was ordained by God. That really got my attention, really slowed me down. I've had another heart attack March of this year, March the 2nd, that's ordained by God. Everything's ordained by God. Dave's got Crohn's disease, that's ordained by God. He did it all. And we got so many problems here with people uh, that it's all God's Sovereign, orderly arrangement. Get used to God's arrangement because he ain't going to change for you. He doesn't heal at our behest or our will. So it's he said in Isaiah 46 and 10. I don't know if everybody's got a hold of this. 46 and 10. That God has declared the end. This is the end of time or the end of your life. He's declared the end from the beginning. And everything, if you're right here in life, the Bible says, in everything that's not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand And I'll do all my pleasure. If you got a disease, that's been declared by God. If you get a ticket, that's been declared by God. If you go bankrupt, bankrupt, that's declared by God. If you lose your job, that has been declared by God. If you buy a house, that's been declared by God. If you lose a house, that's declared by God. If you wreck your car, that's declared by God. Everything. The Bible says he works all things after the counsel of his own will. When he says all things, he means everything. Boy, if we could get a hold of that as believers, we're going to be in good shape we can get a hold of that it doesn't matter what happens we'll say this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning me be thankful for it whatever it is at least those of us have had sicknesses and we've really been knocked down by situations in life especially God's elect we know it's for our good don't we Everything works together for good to them that love God. It is to bow, cause us to bow to His will. Now, let's finish reading this. I've gone through this in great degree and extent. Let's read the rest of the verse. All right. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image or the likeness of Christ. That he, now all of the writers will say he is referring to Christ. It's not referring to Christ. It's referring to whom? That he be. Now the word might is not in the text. Might means maybe. Anytime you see might in the scripture, it means power. Sometimes it is the word dunamis. And that's power. We get the word dynamite from that. But the word might maybe is never in the text. That he be, every time I quote this, I always leave might out. It's not in the text. How many did for he also didn't predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he be the firstborn now that cannot mean Jesus Jesus was not born now he is called the first fruits of the dead and the firstborn of the dead but he's talking about the fact that he resurrected from the dead but as far as being a firstborn person he's the only begotten of God but the firstborn in the Old Testament the firstborn had to do the firstborn had to do with the first child the first male child first male child and the firstborn male child had three things that he received and you can match this up with us. All right. If you remember, the Passover in the Old Testament, God said, I'm going, to see the death, I'm going to send the death angel through Egypt. Death angel.
1: Jim, we can't see through this podium.
0: Said, I'm going to send the death angel through Egypt. I'm going to kill all the firstborns in Egypt that do not have the blood over the doorpost. They had to kill a lamb and put blood sprinkled over the doorpost. That's the same thing. And the firstborn in there was saved from death. firstborn was saved from death. All of the firstborns of the cattle, all the firstborns of the Egyptians, their cattle would die when the death angel came through Egypt. And it was a lot of dead and they were stinking. Their bodies were stinking within a day or so. And that's the last of ten plagues. So from then on, God says, the firstborns, or mine, or mine, and you've got to redeem them. Now, among the animals, you had clean and unclean animals. The clean animals had a cloven hoof, a split hoof, And they chewed a cud. C-U-D. That would mean bulls or cattle or sheep. Even goats had the cloven hoof and chewed the cud. The rest of them, God says, if you had had an ass or a donkey, and that's that's an unclean animal, you had to redeem that animal even by replacing it with a clean animal and then giving that to God. Every tenth animal, if a guy was a shepherd, he counted ten sheep and the tenth one belonged to God because that was the tithe. And he said you have to buy back all of these all of these firstborn animals. And all the male men, those are mine. I bought them at the last at the first Passover. I bought them with the blood of a lamb that was sprinkled. That's a picture of Christ's blood. Christ's blood. And that was a picture When they got into the wilderness, they got in the tabernacle. That was a picture of the high priest coming in, taking the blood of a goat there on the Day of Atonement, there in Leviticus, the 16th chapter, coming in through the veil and sprinkling the Ark of the Covenant. That's the same thing when they sprinkled this doorpost with the blood of the Lamb, and that made the firstborn belong to God. God said, I bought them. They're mine. You have to redeem them. Now, the whole point about the firstborn, we've been predestined to be the firstborn. Not Jesus being, it's not talking about Jesus. Well, Jesus says God was never born. When he was the firstborn from the dead, it means he was the first resurrected from the dead. But as for his birth as a human being, Mary's womb was simply the channel of him coming into the world. He was the I am God from the beginning. He was from forever to forever. He's always been God. Now, I want to show you something about the firstborn. We have been predestined to be the firstborn. What happened in the Old Testament with the firstborn? This will help you to see one of the excuses that people say concerning Romans 8 and 29. What they say, most of the people that write on this this verse they say the firstborn is Jesus. No, the firstborn is the homes that God foreknew. The firstborn had two offices. He was the king and the priest. And he had the inheritance. Now, does that apply to us? Are we kings and are we priests? And do we have the inheritance? Yep. These are the three things that God did not give to the firstborn of Jacob. This will show you something else that men say about this verse. They say, well, well, God loved Jacob. He loved Jacob. Cause he looked ahead and saw that Jacob would accept him, cause Jacob was a good man. Jacob was everything but good. He was a liar and a thief. He stole from his father-in-law Laban. He lied to his own father and say, and he said, "Well, let me show you something here." Was Jacob really a sinner? They didn't. You can't come up and say. God knew that Jacob was good. Jacob was everything but good. Jacob was a scoundrel is what he was. Jacob means, it's the word Ya'cob in the Hebrew. And Ya'cob means heel catcher. One who trips up other people. Heel catcher. One who trips up people. God rejected the firstborn of Jacob, who was his firstborn? Ah, huh? Reuben. Reuben, that's right. That's why it says in Romans 8:29, the whom that he knows, those are going to be the firstborn, and they're going to be the priest and the king and have the inheritance. The Bible says we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated. It's saying the same thing. Romans eight and twenty nine saying, "We've obtained an inheritance, clero nomia." That is a form of inherit. Inherit is the word k l e r o n o m e o spelled just about alike. That's the word. That's the word. Well, it's actually planned cl- uh, to k l e r o n o m o s, claronomos, which means to inherit. Inherit. And this is the word inheritance, it comes from Kleros. We've obtained an inheritance being predestinated. Without predestination, we wouldn't be the firstborn. That's the point. We have to have be the firstborn in order to be a king and a priest and have an inheritance. Are we the kings and priests? Are we? When you look at the words, you're looking in your concordance. Look at the words before it and after a word you're looking at. These that I've got covered in this yellow marker, they're all kin to each other. And you need to look at these words. Basilia, B. A-S-I-I-L-E-I-A. Basilia means kingdom, rule, or to reign. So that has to do with a king. And then we get the word Basilion from that. B-A-S-I-L-E-I-O-N. B-A-S-I-L-E-I-O-N. Basilion means a king's court or a palace. Notice all these words are spelled alike. To reign is the word basilia. If you reign, you reign as a king. And then you have the word Basileos. B-A-S-I-L-E-I-O-S. B-A-S-I-L-E-I-O-S e i o s notice the first the 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 uh, b a s is the stem of the word, and they all have the basic same meaning so basilias means kingly or royal so royal and palace and reign are basically the same word then let me give you something else here then you have Bacilius, basileus b a s i l e u s basileus basileus means foundation of power of power or sovereign. A sovereign is one who has the power over everything. Then you'll have the word basilio, B-A-S-I-L-E-U-O, which means king, king or reign notice they're all spelled alike so when you're talking about reigning with Christ this is what you're talking about we reign right now as kings and priests don't we the Bible says so he's already made us kings and priests while I'm putting this on here flip back to Revelation flip back to Revelation the first chapter and we'll establish this, and I'll get back to these this king and priest thing, God wants a proper priest, and king, so he's going to have to, blot out the rituals of the Old Testament, blot out the king, and the king now is Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the priest is, he's Melchizedek, the high priest, and we are priests like the smaller priests were that were not high priests. But they're all Levites. We are priests like that. And it says here in Revelation the first chapter Revelation the first chapter the last phrase, last part the last sentence of verse 5 unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood just like he sprinkled the doors of the houses or like the people sprinkled the blood of the lamb on the doors of their houses and hath made us kings and priests now hath made is aorist indicative indicative When you find that, it means past tense. It's something he did in the past. He's already made us priests and kings. And as a king, we do what he says in John 7, 24. Look not at the outward appearance, but judge as a king. And how are you a king? Christ is in you. You pronounce the judgment of Christ that He's written upon fleshy tables of your heart. You pronounce the judgment of God. He hath made us kings and priests. What do priests do? They offer acceptable sacrifice. You can't offer sacrifice anywhere in the Bible without being a priest. Where did abel get the idea to offer a blood sacrifice his father had to teach it to him and his father adam got it from god where god killed i believe was a lamb to cover the nakedness of adam and eve in the third chapter they had taken their hands and did the works of their hands and covered their nakedness with fig leaves and God says, that's not good enough. I'll kill a lamb over here, and I'll cover you with the skin. That's the first baptism in the Bible. Baptize means to cover with a stain or dye. That's the first sacrifice. Then God gives that sacrifice to Adam, and he tells his two sons, and the only one that listens to him is Abel. Cain offers the works of his hands. He goes out and picks some of his garden and comes and gives it to God. God says, that's not good enough. You have to be a priest. And the Bible says, shows you that we're priests. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you give your bodies a living sacrifice. You can't do that without being a priest. Nowhere in the Bible. If anybody but a priest offers sacrifice, God would look demon on that. He even killed some man for doing that. He hasn't made the world priests, they don't know how to give their bodies a living sacrifice, and they're not going to. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Or well, what if that's just there in the Bible one time? He hath made us kings and priests unto God, hath made Aristandic past tense, were already kings, were already priests if we're kings, we're kings in the kingdom of God, kingdom of God was an old ancient term for Israel, why kingdom of God, because Jesus was their king, he was the king of the Jews in the Old Testament you can read that in the 13th chapter of Hosea in the 12th chapter of First Samuel Samuel tells Saul he said he tells the people of Israel you wanted a king among you when God was your king God doesn't have two different kings of Israel Jesus is the king of the Jews he is the I am God of the Old Testament he said he was he said before Abraham was in John 8 I am and the and the Pharisees took up stones to kill him and he moved away from them through the crowd he said I am the I am God I am the God of the Old Testament and if we're kings and priests, it's because Christ is in us. I've said this so many times before. If you if we're kings and priests, a priest you got two men in you. You got Christ in you. That's the king in you. And you got self, the two men in Romans seven and. Ephesians the fourth chapter Colossians the third chapter 2nd Corinthians the fourth chapter you got the king put on the new man which is the king and and the Bible teaches that self has to die well it takes the king a long time to teach us that this outer man has to die that gives us a good conscience so if the outer man has to die then that's the that's taking out giving our bodies a living sacrifice the way you do the way you do that the way you do that is you testify to people about testify about christmas is pagan predestination is true death to self daily cross self-denial and people won't like that tell people they have to be hated by the world And they won't like that, and they'll crucify you. And if you do this long enough, self will begin to die through fire and trials. The priest is Christ. The king is Christ in you. The priest is you, and you're giving your body a living sacrifice. You're the priest. You die. But you have to be convinced through fire and trials and tribulation taking years to teach you to die that's the priest and the king can you see that it's really not even hard now we're priests and kings in the kingdom of god now and that is israel where is the kingdom of god it's in you in luke seventeen, twenty, and 21 the Pharisees said, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? That's because they were being ruled by Rome, and they were simply a province of the Roman Empire. Only two of the tribes were back. The northern tribes were led by Ephraim, and Ephraim, who was the second born of Joseph, was he had the inheritance. The firstborn didn't have the inheritance. This, this is going to get into people saying, for well, God knew that Jacob was righteous. And when it says, when the Bible says over there in the ninth chapter of Romans, Before either were born, before either one had done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that called it was sent unto Rebecca. The elder Esau will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. People say, "Well, God saw how evil Esau was." No, God knew how wicked Jacob was, and He convicted his heart and He saved him. He rejected Reuben. What really gets me? You got, you got before Israel. They'll say. Well, that's talking about nations. Let me, I don't, let me get to that in a minute. Talking about nations. It's not talking about nations. It says, before Jacob or Esau were born, for either one were born, neither one had done any good or evil. God says, I loved Jacob and hated Esau. Now, get that. Get a hold of that. Jacob was everything but righteous. Let me put the rest of this on the board. One other thing here. Look at chapter 4 of Revelation. Excuse me, chapter 5. Speaking of the prayers of the saints, they sung a new song in verse 9, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. The book is in his hand. In the fifth chapter, the first verse thou worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us kings unto our God kings and priests hast made is past tense it's arist indicative we're already kings we're already priests and we shall reign on the earth but the bible says other places we are reigning we are reigning with him and we have reigned so in the in the in the church from acts the second chapter until the end of time we have reigned we are reigning and we shall reign until the end and then we'll go to wherever he is and be with him and we'll be kings and priests with him for eternity. Now, in fact, if you can look back over here at First Peter, this will help too. First Peter, the second chapter. Now, I don't believe what these preachers say that Christ might be the firstborn among many brother. first of all he was never born the uh, didn't it say that in the Bible what? he was the firstborn it says he was the firstborn from the dead he was the first resurrected from the dead but he wasn't the firstborn in the sense of when he was born firstborn. he was the only begotten of God but he wasn't what this is talking about us the priest and the king the priest and the king. Here's the whole point. God rejected the firstborn of Israel because of his sin. His sin came in Genesis. I believe it's the 37th chapter. Before they were a nation. That's the point. Reuben, before they were a nation, you can't call them a nation then because they hadn't been taken into they hadn't been in, in in bondage for 400 years they hadn't been delivered by Moses they hadn't been taken to the land of promise which was Canaan or Israel and they hadn't become a kingdom yet yet Reuben is sinning Simeon is sinning Benjamin is sinning And the brothers of Joseph, they sinned. We're talking about the 37th chapter of Genesis. They sinned when they got jealous of Joseph because he had the code of authority. It's been translated colors, but it's not colors. The word colors A-Y-I-N. And the code of colors, it's not even colors. It's the word pos. It means the code of authority that was given to the one who is going to rule the rest of the family. Joseph got the coat of authority. His brothers saw him. And some of the other brothers, like Dan and Naphtali and Gad and Asher, they got angry and said, we need to kill him. Is that sin that they're involved in to kill Joseph in the 37th chapter before they're they're a, a nation? When people say, Romans eight twenty nine is talking about nations it is not let me finish what I was going to do a while ago or right, let me finish this with 1st Peter I got so many things to say on this 1st Peter the 2nd chapter verse 9 but ye are not you will be ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and a and a holy nation a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light we are a peculiar people we are a we are a chosen priesthood that genera- the word generation It's the word "genea," G-E-N-E-A. It means kinfolk. It means race. We're a chosen race. That's not black or white. That spiritual Jew, spiritual Israel. I've said it before. I preached on it. God is a racist. He only loves his spiritual, Israel, his wife, his church, he doesn't love anybody else if God is in your heart no matter what color you are, you're my brother and sister my brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father that's it he doesn't love anybody he sends to hell, he hates everybody that goes to hell, and that's the majority of the world don't matter whether people believe it or not God loves his race. Has nothing to do with black, white, red, yellow. Has to do with circumcised of the heart. Of oh, heart. We have the inheritance because in the Old Testament, Reuben didn't have it. The whole point about Reuben. And Joseph's sons who sinned—that was before they became a nation—and the people's excuse about Romans eight twenty-nine. Let me show you this. We know that Simeon sinned. Simeon was a murderer. Was he ever? And we'll even talk about him. That's why I believe that God put him right down in the middle of southern Judah so Judah could keep an eye on him because he was a rounder. He was always trying to kill somebody. This was before they were a nation. Let me show you this. Look over here in um, Genesis 35. Go to Genesis 35. Genesis 35 I'll cut. this is a lot of information to assimilate in one message I may have to continue this next week now Reuben you can find Jacob's sons Jacob had 12 sons and each son had a tribe And all 12 tribes made up the nation of Israel. But his 12 sons are not born until Genesis, the 29th and 30th chapters. But they're not a nation just because they're born here. And you see that Reuben was the firstborn. He was the son of Leah. That's Jacob's first wife uh, his first wife, and he really didn't want Leah. He went, he, he was fleeing. God so hard to me tell all this all at once. He was running from his brother Esau. Esau looked real honorable in all of this. He was running from his brother Esau. 20 years before he had left Israel running away because he had stole his brother Esau's birthright. He was a rascal. Stole his birthright and he ran over here to what we call Iraq or on the Euphrates River he ran over to Babylon and he found his uncle is well actually his mother's brother laban and he saw this beautiful girl she's gorgeous rachel and he said i want her so he went to laban his uncle they would actually call laban his brother they would call an uncle a brother they called it his brother and he went to Laban and said, what do I need to do to have Rachel? He said, you've got to work seven years. That's the amount of time for liberating a slave. And then you can have my daughter, Rachel. He worked seven years for Laban. It came time for him to take Rachel to be his wife. Well, Jacob by this time had lied his way all the way over there. The reason he was running, because he stole his brother's birthright. And so anything anybody did to him, he deserved it. Well, that night, one night, seven years later, Laban brings Leah to Jacob in his tent. And... uh, he has a night of passion with what he thinks is Rachel. The next morning he gets up and it's light and it's not Rachel he has, it's Leah.
1: Surprise, surprise.
0: (laughs) And so he says, okay and she, she gets pregnant with Reuben. And then he's born there in that twenty ninth chapter, and Jacob goes back to Laban and says, "I want Rachel." He said, "You have to work another seven years for her." He said, "I don't mind doing that." So he he works seven more years, and Laban gives him Rachel. Rachel's a little bit underhanded. She's just like a lot of drop-dead gorgeous women. (laughs) She couldn't be trusted. She's always doing something wrong. She stole her father's gods when they left to go back to uh, the land of Israel 20 years later. That's another story. But anyway, let's go over here to, let's look here at Genesis The 35th chapter, I don't know how to lay all this out to you other than read it to you and let you kind of assimilate it in your mind. There's no exact way to do it. The 35th chapter, verse 22. 35. Now remember, he's the firstborn by Leah. Leah was real gentle, really kind of... uh, Tender eyed, just very, very gentle woman. Rachel was a little fiery. And he wanted the fire, I guess. Genesis 35 and verse 22. 35 22. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in the, that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah his father's concubine Bilhah was Rachel's handmaiden and Rachel was barren for the longest time and his father's concubine and Israel or Jacob heard about it Jacob's name is changed to Israel in the 32nd chapter of this book now the son of Jacob were 12 now look here at thirty seven twenty two. Now this is kind of amazing. thirty seven twenty two. And Reuben now they're gonna take they're gonna take Joseph. He's seventeen years old. He's been in the coat given given the coat of authority. His brothers see him coming. To Shechem in northern Israel, and they say we're going to kill him. It probably was Bilhah and Zilpah's sons, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. They weren't full brothers; they were sons of the handmaidens, and they surely had a part in that. So that shows you their sin, and you see Reuben's sin; he committed. An adulterous, incestuous act with his father's handmaid, Bilhah. But what amazes me is Reuben knew that his father, if they they killed Joseph because of their jealousy, he knew their father wasn't going to have that. And look at verse 22. Reuben said unto them, to his other brothers, don't shed any blood but cast him into the pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands he wanted to get him out of the hands of his brothers to deliver him to his father because he knew as the oldest he's going to have to answer for it so he's wanting to, he already had something against him, he had slept with Bilhah then you can look down here in and I brought this out Sunday verse 29 Reuben returned unto the pit where they put Joseph and he went his way somewhere we don't know where but he came back to find Joseph in the pit and behold Joseph was not in the pit and he rent his clothes as he didn't know they'd sold him to this caravan on the way to Egypt and he returned unto his brethren and said the child is not. He's dead. And I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in blood. Now, let me ask you this. Is that sin that they were committing? All of them were part of this evil deed. Now, the people say about Romans eight twenty nine. well, God loved Jacob and hated Esau. That means they were nations before... They, before the nations had done any good or evil they hadn't even become a nation and they're doing evil here aren't they y'all understand what I'm saying people that want to argue against Romans eight they'll say well that's before nations had done any good or evil if you'll notice they're all doing evil they're pretending to kill Joseph they're going to lie to their father and say some wild beast came and killed him are they lying Was Reuben sinning? Yeah, and this is before they're a nation. You can't come up and say, well, let's talk about nations and before nations haven't done any good or evil. No, if you're going to build a nation, you've got to lie, cheat, thief, and steal to build a nation. All nations are built on lies. Now, Now, let's go over here to the 49th chapter of Genesis. Jacob is... Joseph has called all of his family over to Egypt his name is called Israel and the Bible says it came time in verse 21 of chapter 48 Israel said unto Joseph behold I die it's time for me to die he says but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers moreover I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren. That's because in this chapter the one who received in this chapter received the inheritance which belongs to the firstborn the inheritance is going to go to Joseph who is the eleventh son of Jacob through his secondborn son Ephraim. This is the chapter where Jacob crosses his hand, lays his right hand upon Ephraim, and boy, Joseph jumps back and says, Not so, my father. Manasseh is my firstborn. He's even saying, The inheritance needs to go to my firstborn. See, every word that's said in this has to do with the firstborn getting the inheritance. And Jacob said, I know my son, but it's going to go to the secondborn just like it goes to the second birth. Just like it went to the secondborn Abel. Just like all these secondborns that were blessed in the Old Testament. they the ones that got it. So, you got the inheritance going to Joseph, secondborn son Ephraim. And it should, by the law of Israel, go to Reuben. Because he was the firstborn of Joseph. Joseph. So Jacob says, bring all the brothers here to me. I'm going to give the blessings and I'm going to pronounce curses on certain ones. So you can't say in Romans eight twenty nine. Let's talking about nations. Before either nation was born, before either nation had done any good or evil. All this is happening before Israel was is a nation. You can't say that. Because Jacob's sons are sinning like crazy. <laughs> Threatening to kill. And it amazed me that Reuben said, don't kill him. Reuben stood up for him he knew he was going to have to face his father now over here starts off in verse 1 of chapter 49 Jacob called unto his sons and said gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel, your father. Reuben, firstborn, thou art my firstborn, my might. You're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to get a double portion over your brothers. you got a problem, son. And the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power unstable as water God says you don't get to be the king you don't get to be the priest and you don't get the inheritance that's going to Joseph his second born son Ephraim he's going to get the inheritance the king is going to not be first born you see this has to do with we're predestined to be the firstborn among many brethren. It's one seed that's in all of us. I said this Sunday, when a man has a sexual emission, he's got hundreds of thousands of sperm. It's one seed. It's the same seed. Christ is in all of his people. It's one seed. And that's the way it is with this. We're all priests and kings because the seed of Christ remains in us and we cannot sin because we're born of God in 1 John 3 and 9. So it's the same seed. Now, let's get on here. Reuben, you're my firstborn, but you're unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel you're not going to be the priest, you're not going to be the king, and you're not going to get the inheritance. How do you like that, Reuben? See, it's like the Old Testament, God didn't have his firstborn to get the inheritance, but he said whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, the whom's, will be the firstborn, we'll be the priest and the king. Not in that we're actual kings, And when you get into the word rain, we're raining right now. We shall rain. In fact, if you look over there in Revelation, hold your place there. Look in Revelation, the 20th chapter. 20th chapter. I've been meaning to preach on this for a long time, and I just haven't gotten to it. Alright, 20th chapter It's talking about at the end of the thousand years <coughs> in verse 6. Well, let me read verse 4. I can't explain all this right now. This is where God is binding Satan or forbidding him from deceiving the Gentiles or the nations, which is the same word as Gentile, ethnos in verse 3. And then in 4, I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them. Thrones comes from the same word as basilius it's a form of basilica which is the word kingdom and that is us that sit on the thrones and judgment was given unto them we judge righteous judgment and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded the reason it says beheaded is because that's the way they executed people back in the first century by beheading they still hold on to that type of execution in the arab lands they cut people's heads off that's why they would get on the on the news and we'd see or you could go on the internet and see somebody's head being cut off for the witness so this means execution and they were executed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast. Beast is the world ruling system. Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead, or in their hands. And they lived past tense, Aristodikene, lived and reigned past tense, Aristodikene, with Christ a thousand years, reigned is a form of it's the word basilius, or Basilica. It's a part it's a part of the word kingdom. And reign with Christ two thousand years, not thousand years. I don't have time to even explain that. You know that what that means. Thousand is plural and it means two thousand. It doesn't mean A. A is not in the text. Eight thousand is not in the text. Now let's go back over here. And look at God's curses and blessings. Go back to Genesis forty, uh, Genesis forty-nine. All right, you're unstable as water, Reuben. You don't get to be king. You don't get to be the priest. You're not getting a double portion, and you're you're out of it. Take your bags and get out, son unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, and defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Now, Simeon and Levi, Simeon was a rascal. He was always getting in trouble. And Levi, now, the reason I'm bringing this out, this is before they're a nation. That verse cannot mean neither have been done any good or evil. Before they become a nation, they're sinning right and left. It, do you see that's what the sons of Jacob are doing? They don't have much good in them, do they? Why would God choose Jacob? It's called grace, unmerited favor. He picked out Jacob, and he was a liar and a scoundrel. You know what I got in my Bible? What's that? Milkweed. Now, look what he says about Simeon and Levi. Simeon and Levi were in cahoots, but it was Simeon that brought it about, and it had to do with Jacob's only daughter, Dinah. I think of Dinah Shore. I think of this. Dinah. She falls in love with a man named Shechem who is a heathen in northern Israel. And Simeon recruits Levi to go with him and Shechem's father was Hamor. And Shechem is in love with Dinah and I believe she's in love with him. Now, a part of northern Israel was named Shechem. They had a town up there named Shechem, and it was certainly named after this guy here. And they were a part of the land, a part of the pagans that lived in the land. And Jacob says, You can marry my daughter Dinah if you'll all be circumcised and swear allegiance to my God, Jehovah God. Shechem and Amor said, fine we'll do that so when they were circumcised and they were all sore and they couldn't move Simeon says let's go kill these so and so's for molesting our sister Dinah and they went in and murdered all of them at the hand of Simeon Now, was that sin? Jacob promised Shechem and Hamor, his father, you can become a part of Israel if you'll be circumcised and swear allegiance to Jehovah God. And Jacob jumped all over his sons and said, Simeon, you have brought disgrace upon Israel. Was that sin? You can't come up and say, before... They were nations, before the nations had done any good or evil. While they're trying to be formed to a nation, they're sinning right and left, aren't they? And he says to Simeon, and Levi, you are brethren instruments of cruelty. See, he's pronouncing, right before he dies, he's pronouncing the blessings and the cursings on these guys. And are their habitation... O oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they killed a man, Simeon and Levi. They killed more than one. Levi, out of Levi, will come the priesthood. He's the thirdborn. When the Bible says we're predestined to be the firstborn we're predestined to be the priest and the king and get the inheritance aren't we that's because in the old testament he had to take the he had to take away the inheritance and the king and the priest from Reuben and give it to his give the priesthood to his third-born Levi and give the kingship to his to his first to his fourth born judah so he took everything that belonged to reuben away from him and gave it to judah the fourth born and out of judah would come the king and out of out of and out of levi would come the priesthood and that actually belonged to the first born Reuben, but you can't have this, Reuben. It goes to Judah and Levi and Joseph. What was would have been yours, without question. I've got a paper up here on firstborns. They they were something, and that all went back to that Passover. God said, I bought all the firstborns, and they're mine. Now, look. Let's read the next couple of verses. You slew a man, and in their self-willed, they were self-willed, and they digged down a wall. They were self-willed. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Divide them in Jacob. Simeon belongs to the ten northern tribes. He doesn't belong to southern Judah. Southern Judah had Benjamin and Judah in the southern kingdom. Simeon is right down here in the center of Judah. Why? God scattered them and divided them, probably so Judah could look upon Simeon and say, you behave yourself when you're down here. And then he took Levi made the priesthood and scattered him all over Israel didn't give him an inheritance in the land and he became the priesthood that's why he scattered Levi and that's why he put Simeon down here let's continue how much time do we have Mike?
1: 19
0: let's read a little more here cursed be their anger for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I'll divide them in Jacob, or in Israel, and scatter them in Israel. Verse 8. Judah, fourth barn. Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Out of you will come the king. I bypass Reuben. You're going to get the kingship and art he whom thy brethren shall praise thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies that's talking about in battle Judah's going to win as long as they're obedient to God their hand will be on the neck of the enemy thy father's children shall bow down before thee who is the father's children? all of his brothers he's the one that's going to have his foot on the neck of his enemy Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. We speak of the lion of Judah being Jesus. He comes out of the tribe of Judah. Out of Judah will come the king. It goes on to say that. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? You're gonna rouse up Judah? Judah is the head of Israel, he's the king. You're going to rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh. Shiloh is another name for Shalom or Christ coming. Which is the word peace. And unto him, unto Judah, shall the gathering of the people be. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet. They would said that a scribe would sit at the feet of the king and take notes on everything. And the lawgiver would be the scepter. The scepter would be between the feet of the king and this is where Judah would be and Jesus is the Lion of Judah and he had the scepter between his feet. We have a scepter also. What is our scepter? We have there in Hebrews one and eight. We have a scepter of righteousness. Euthatos, Euthetos, e u t h e t o s. That's not the normal word righteous. The normal word is dikaiosune. The is the common word righteousness. It comes from d k meaning right. We have a scepter of euthytos. U means well and titheme. This is a construction of well, tithomai. Tithomai means to level oneself, to have a well leveling to God, bowing to the will of God is how we rule people in the kingdom of God. I've said things to people in public that embarrassed them, they would cuss in front of me. I'd say, where'd you learn that? In Sunday school? <laughs> and that's how thats how I would rule them. Had one guy say, I've got to get out of here. I had to run out of the room real quick. Well, anyway. Now, so, what belonged to the firstborn was priest, king, and inheritance. You can see the inheritance in the 48th chapter where Jacob puts his right hand upon the head of Ephraim. The, the inheritance actually went to Joseph, the 11th born of Jacob. Now, do I have any time, Mike? 15. All right. Let's look back here at Genesis 34. I want to show you some sin on the part of... Jacob's sons. Genesis 34. Well, first of all, let me go to Genesis 30. All right. Genesis 29 and 30. You can see the first four sons of of Re- of Leah are being born in that in that twenty uh, ninth chapter, you can see Reuben, you can see Simeon, you can see Levi and Judah. Then you get into the thirtieth chapter, and you see Bilhah, the handmaiden of Rachel. She bears Dan and Naphtali in that sixth and. 8th verses of the 30th chapter then Zilpah the handmaiden of Leah says I want to have some children or Leah says I want to have some children by her and that's when Gad in the, verse 11 and Asher in verse 13 then Leah decides to have some more kids and she has Issachar in verse 18 and then uh, she has Issachar and Leah conceived again and bare Jacob the sixth son. Verse 20, Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. And he called his name Zebulon. That's the land, that's where Nazareth is in northern Israel. And after she bare a daughter and called her name Dinah. And then after Dinah, Rachel calls out to God, and she gives him, gives her Joseph in verse 24. Now, Benjamin, they're over in the land of Haran. Benjamin's not born. there on the way back home in the 32nd chapter. He's been over there in the land of Haran or Babylon, or you and I would call that Iraq. He's over in Iraq, and he heads back home. And when he gets back to Bethlehem, Rachel has... Benjamin, and he's a young lion's whelp. He's always getting in trouble. You can't say before the nations had done any good or evil. While they're forming a nation, Jacob's kids are rascals, and he's going to become Israel. I think God's children are rascals before we start following him in truth, aren't we? That's what we are. Now let's go back to chapter 34. And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He was mad about her and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel and Shechem spake unto his father Hamor saying give me this damsel to wife Shechem goes to his father and Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah his daughter now his sons were with his cattle in the field and Jacob held his peace until they came And Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. He wanted to make peace with Jacob. He was a heathen. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and they were very angry. They were wroth. Because he had wrought folly in Israel, lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. And Hamel communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter Dinah. I pray you give her to him, to wife, and make ye marriage with us, to give your daughter unto us, and take our daughters unto you. And ye shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade. You therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said unto her father, unto Jacob, unto her brethren, all the sons of Jacob, Let me find grace in your eyes. What you shall say unto me, I will give. Ask me never so much dowry and gift. I will give according to as ye shall say unto me, but give me the damsel to wife. I want Dinah. And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem, I wonder what she looked like, she must have been good looking. And Hamor and his father deceitfully. The sons of Jacob, all of these guys, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, all of them. And Hamor and his father deceitfully, and said, Because he hath defiled Dinah their sister, And they said unto them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you, if ye will be as we be, that every male of you be circumcised. Then will we give our daughter unto you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, We will become one people, and you'll become spiritual Jews. But if you will not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then we will take our daughter, and we will be gone. They're lying through their teeth. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. And the young man deferred not to do the thing, because he had delight in Jacob's daughter. And he was more honorable than all the house of his father. Shechem was an honorable man. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came into the gate of the city and communed with the men of the city, saying, These men are peaceable with us. Therefore let them dwell in the land and trade therein for the land. Behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives and let them give Them our daughters, only herein will the men consent unto us to dwell with us to be one people. If every male among you be circumcised as they are circumcised, shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them that they dwell with us. And unto Hamor and Shechem his son hearkened all they went out of the gate of the city, And every male was circumcised of Shechem's clan. All that went out of the gate of the city. And it came to pass on the third day when they were sore, they were really in pain, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. Was that sin? I guess it was. They were lying. Simon and Levi lied and brought a disgrace upon Israel. And they're not even a nation yet. So you can't say, before Israel had done any good or evil, It's not talking about nations. It's talking about Jacob and Esau before they had done any good or evil. God loved the one and hated the other. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went out. And the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and the spoil of the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, their oxen, their asses, that which was in the city and that which was in the field. And all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took their captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me to stick among the inhabitants of the land. You, Simeon, you, Levi, did this. Among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in the number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. Jacob is reaming out his sons for what they did, dishonorable. And they said, should be, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? You made the promise, you guys. You boys made the promise. And you lied. You brought reproach upon Israel.
1: What's that mean there, that last verse? What does that mean? Should he deal with our sister as with a harlot? What does that mean?
0: They're saying, they're saying, this is the brother saying, they treated our sister as a harlot. Oh, okay. okay. But Shechem loved her. The thing is, this goes with people saying, well, Romans 8, 29 is for whom he did, for and all he also did predestinate, to be the form of the image of his son. He's talking about, about nations. You mean before the nations had done any good or evil? Israel wasn't even a nation. All of the sons are in sin, committing murder, lying. All of them. Sleeping with their father's concubine. So it can't mean before the nations had done any good or evil. They're not even a nation yet, and they're committing adultery and murder and lying. You look at this and you think, why would God choose Israel? And this ain't the only time they did this. Not to even mention Benjamin later on getting involved in all kinds of homosexuality in his tribe and all the rest of the nation attacking him. But he was a like a young lion in battle. What I'm getting at, you can't say it's talking about nations in Romans eight twenty nine. I'll show you next week why they say it's called we're talking about nations. Am I out of time? Three minutes. I don't have time. I could go to Genesis the twenty fifth chapter. When Jacob and Esau are being born, I'll just come back next week, get back into this. What people say about predestination is not true. I believe they're trying to get around God being guilty. God is not guilty for sin. He's the cause of it. If you want to look at Genesis 25, verse 21, Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebecca, his wife conceived, and the children struggled together within her womb. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Out of Jacob would come Israel. Out of Esau would come the Arab nations. That's what it's talking about. It don't mean before the nations were born, before the nations had done any good or evil. When you build a nation, you build it on lies, just like America's been built on lies. Two nations are in thy womb, two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other. That's Jacob will be stronger than Esau. Then the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Esau will serve Jacob. That's where they come up with two nations. They're ridiculous. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red all over and hairy like a hairy garment and called his name Esau which means Edom, which another name for Esau was Edom, and you get the word Adam from that, which means red. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. He was tripping him from the womb, and his name was called Jacob, which means heel catcher. Isaac was three school years old when she buried them. He was 60 years old when the twins were born. The boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter and a man of the field and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his venison but Jacob loved and Rebekah loved Jacob and Jacob sought pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint and Jacob got real sneaky and underhanded and Esau said to Jacob feed me I pray thee with that same red pottage for I am faint therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day your birthright. I'll give you a bowl of soup for your birthright. Was he underhanded here? Yep. Was he low down? Yeah. He so said, Behold, I am appointed to die. And what profit is it my birthright if I'm dead? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day and I'll give you something to eat. He certainly wasn't free-hearted, was he? And he swore to him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread, pottage, and lentils, and did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way, and Esau despised his birthright. Enough said. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for showing us what these words mean. We'll give you praise for all things. Fight our battles for us. We'll praise you for everything in Christ's name. Amen hope that clears up some things about the firstborn.
1: Well, you know, (laughs) it's all ordained by God.
0: It is, including your disease.
1: So anyway, Jesse, you know, that guy that came with that girl, so Jesse's preaching at him going, you know, we have to give thanks on all things. And that girl goes... Who well, said it? Jesse. Because me and Jesse were talking to him. Yeah. And then he goes, we have to give thanks on all things. And then the girl goes, well, I'm not giving thanks for my epilepsy.
0: Okay. So. Well, that's her problem.
1: But this would have been a good message for them people to be here to see. That's why it's going to bum me. Maybe
0: they'll watch it. Because
1: you were saying it the disease you were capping on the diseases tonight you know God does this and she would have to come to terms with that if she would have stayed in the Well, but God ordained it that she didn't so you know what you do you does she
0: think not, not liking is going to make it go away
1: I don't know <laughs> I don't even know what epilepsy is I've heard of it
0: well people who don't believe God that's their problem yeah it's not ours I, I've been meaning to talk about this for a long time because everybody says well that cross might be my firstborn of my mighty brethren it's not talking about Christ it's talking about the whom. Yeah, I
1: don't see how they can even think that I mean just by reading reading the verse you can see what that is
0: the antecedent of he is the whom is whom is whose. that's it I can't believe that people interpret these things the way they do. That's just what we've got going on in the world today. Bye. Y'all take care.